This is an unknown Packers production brought to you by Black Husky Brewing. On Tap is brought to you by Black Husky Brewing, located at 909 East Locust Street in the River West neighborhood of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Another new enhancement, a little Botox, if you will, to the Unknown Packers podcast, as we are doing a three-way, the good kind. <laughs> Jeremiah Wayman, Tony Schaefer, and myself, Bryce Christensen, here doing a little pregame for the 4-8 Falcons and the 4-7-1 Packers. I know, I know Jeremiah is drinking a beer. What are you drinking right now? <laughs> I am not drinking a beer, Bryce. I'm not. Come on. I'm not an alcoholic, man. It's 845 in the morning. Uh, I am drinking some good, uh, some anodyne coffee, though. So I'll, I'll, you know, support those guys. And it's not, it's not about being an alcoholic. It's just you're a professional. That's true. That's true. Tony, what are you drinking this morning? Well, I, I as well am having coffee, but it did cross my mind with this being a beer drinking podcast to bust out a spotted cow, but I may have gotten a crazy look from my wife if when I mentioned it, so I am just sticking with coffee for now. Uh, let's see how this episode unfolds, and maybe uh, your wife goes to sleep, and you tiptoe over to the refrigerator and crack yourself one of... Uh, Wisconsin's quote-unquote finest, but you won't find me drinking it unless it's 1 o'clock in the morning on State Street. And speaking of State Street, <laughs> we have the State Street crew, and this was the original idea of having all of us uh, together to talk about the Packers. So Packers square off against the Falcons at noon today, and at least for me, I feel like there's two different things that are going for the Packers. One, they're playing for something, playing for Coach Philbin, uh, and then two... Also, it gives an opportunity for uh, Gutekunst to get an opportunity or to get an opportunity to look at a lot of different players, such as Robert Tanyan, one of my favorite players. Uh, Kendall Donerson just got called up. James Looney, Jake Kumro had an amazing catch, and then you never saw him again. So I'm hoping that we get to see a lot more of these players show their potential. What are you guys keening on for the noon game? Yeah, um, I you know I'm actually like all the players you just mentioned, and then uh, funnily enough, as quickly as he, I mean, he just joined the team this past week, but uh, old Wisconsin alum Natrell Jamerson, um, you know, just like his speed. I think I was listening to some guys just talk about him over the during the week. Uh, I think it was um, reporter out of Wisconsin for the Badgers, and um, just saying how you know he's still very young in his as far as development as a safety. And, you know, on top of that, then you have Goody kind of collecting, what is it, I think three or four out of the top 10 guys as far as uh, 40 times from the mm. combine this past year mm. in MBS, Jamerson, and uh, Tony Brown. So uh, Goody's got a little bit of that Al Davis uh, obsession with speed, maybe. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned speed because, I mean, we've been lacking that. And so it'd be cu- I'm really curious to see what Gutekunst does in uh, the upcoming draft with addressing speed and seeing if the Packers bring in like uh, Tyreek Hill or a, or Tyler Gabriel or even like a Tariq Cohen type of player. But um, that's for another podcast. Tony, what's your take for the noon game? 
I'm very interested to see how Aaron Rodgers responds to this whole, um, you know, it's it it wasn't my fault. We had such a bad season. This is all on Mike McCarthy. So I expect a huge game out of Aaron Rodgers um, just to kind of put that baby to bed um, and kind of put full blame on on McCarthy. Um, and let us not forget that we are not out of the wild card race as sad as this is. Um, I think we were th- uh, 3% chance to make the playoffs pre Arizona Cardinals game. Everyone in the North lost. I mean, it's probably less than a 1% chance, but believe it or not, we are not mathematically eliminated. So I guess if you want to hold out hope that we can make the postseason, we got to play well today. Tony, um, I just want to ask you quick about the Aaron Rodgers part. So if he comes out today and he has just this, you know, MVP 2011 type game, um, do you think that is going to bring a lot of haters out saying, well, you know, Rodgers, you're a dick and you pretty much were tanking this whole time? Yeah, I think it will. Um, and maybe justifiably so. I mean, you could see it in his body language the entire season that uh, he just wasn't in it and just didn't have that that fire. Now, whether that's, you know, playing with a bunch of rookie wide receivers and, and not being on the same page and just getting frustrated in that respect or, or, or whatever the case may be, um, you could just see it in his body language that he just really hasn't been in it. So, yeah, I think a lot of haters will come out if he has a monster game and say, listen, that's that's Bush League. And I kind of tend to agree. Um, you, you're not supposed to, as a leader of a team, quote-unquote, tank, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I could see a lot of people being very upset if he has a good game. I think there's going to be haters regardless. I mean, what I've noticed lately, and especially being more involved in Packers Twitter, I didn't realize how much hate there is in this Green Bay Packer fan base and a lot of accusations and a lot of finger pointing going at Aaron Rodgers and saying that, yeah, he's specifically throwing games or he's tanking or he's just not putting the effort that the Packers expect him to be in. Granted, the Packer or Packers need Aaron Rodgers to be exceptional. I just look at Aaron Rodgers and I wonder what what's going on. And I, I, I don't want to believe that he's purposefully purposefully uh, missing throws or, or uh, throwing behind players such as we saw with Aaron Jones and uh, missing wide open players and equanimous St. Brown and, um, you know, being there and having that vantage point at Lambeau and seeing that whole field up close, you see a different player in Aaron Rodgers. And so I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I, 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 that will be another focal point is, with Joe Philbin and Aaron Rodgers, are we going to see a different team? Are we going to see a different coaching style? Are we going to see a different Aaron Rodgers? I'm curious. What are you going to see? Do you think we see different play calls, different schemes, a different overall approach with Joe Philbin as head coach? I hope so. I mean, I think um, first, for, foremost is the kind of more usage of Aaron Jones. Um, I think it comes down to that. I think, you know, 20 plus touches would be amazing to see. Um, you know, obviously how Aaron Rodgers acclimates to the new play call style, uh, whether that changes that much, I'm not sure, especially seeing as, you know, Joe Philbin hasn't called a play technically in what, 20 some years, I think it was said. So I think there's going to be a little rust on his end as far as how to, you know, get into the game and whether we see, hopefully, hopefully we don't see the same kind of thing with, uh, that we did with McCarthy as far as the, you know, the first 15 scripted plays. And then kind of after that, everything just the wheels fall off. So I'd like to see a more consistent 
you know, four quarters of offense. Uh, that's my hope. And then definitely a focus on Aaron Jones. How about you, Tony? Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, I think uh, as long as uh, if, if they are going to go with a heavy day, dose of Aaron Jones or do any rollouts, I hope it's to the left side with uh, Bulaga being out and Byron Bell, even if he plays, is absolutely horrendous. Um, but, uh, yeah, it would, yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to see I, – I, I think there will be a little bit uh, different scheme, uh, subtle, I think, but uh, different. Um, but I think we see vintage, vintage Aaron today. I think he, I think he goes off. Now, say Joe Philbin comes out guns a blazing, the wild, wild cowboy that he is, and the Packers just torch the Falcons at home. Does he become the number one head coaching candidate for the Green Bay Packers? I'm gonna go with a, a no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think I said this maybe on our Wednesday podcast. I can't remember. But, you know, if he comes out maybe, you know, against the Falcons, against the uh, the Jets, the Bears, the Lions, and just lights the world on fire, you know, 45 points a game, offense is just churning like butter. And then I think then you give him uh, an honest interview. But honestly, before that, I I don't know. I think we've seen what he can do as a head coach, obviously, with the Dolphins and whatnot. Of course, that's only with Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback, so you can't really – knock him that much but yeah I, I don't know based on the candidates that are out there I would I would really really hate to see it that you know they decide that Joe Philbin is the best guy for the job Tony yeah I think I think they'll give him a fair shake if he if he lights the world on fire though um I it, and I think deservedly so he's he's familiar with this you know the system he's familiar with all of uh all of the upper management uh they're familiar with him um yeah, I mean, I think they'll give him a fair shake if he, if he, you know, puts up like Jer said, forty-five points a game and and just looks like the McCarthy of old. But um, no, I don't think he's the number one candidate by any means. Three things before we wrap up uh, pregame on tap. Who is? Oh, after seeing uh, um, Kyler Murray win the Heisman back to back now with Baker Mayfield. And now Murray with um, Lincoln Riley and seeing um, his acceptance speech last night and, you know, him getting verklempt and choked up when talking about Lincoln Riley, it made me even want him more. And it's starting to get a little worrisome how much I want Lincoln Riley. Am I the only one that's thinking this or are you two thinking this too? Uh, I honestly, I'm in the same I kind of like I, we've talked about this. I'm kind of I have, uh, you know, on one side of my brain, I got the sexy pick that's Lincoln Riley. And, you know, like you said, just very tantalizing, you know, two Heisman quarterbacks back to back. But then the other half of my brain is kind of going for the the safe. But yet still, I think a uh, good choice, which is Pete Carmichael for some reason. Um, but yeah, the link, yeah, yeah. I mean, Lincoln Riley just seems, you know, the way that he runs an offense, the way that he's able to cater that to uh, quarterbacks, whether it's Big Mayfield or a, I'd say a different kind of quarterback in Kyle Murray, and then Heisman's out of that three. Pretty impressive. Tony? Yeah, I'd have to agree with that for sure. Um, Lincoln Riley has definitely uh, gained my interest uh, over the, the course of the last couple of weeks. Um, my guy still, for some reason, is is DeFilippo. Um 
I just I I I know that Aaron really values the opinion of former quarterbacks, and with DeFilippo being a former quarterback, I think he would have his respect. I think it would be a mutual respect, and I think that's uh, huge going forward uh, while Aaron is under center. So um, Lincoln Riley is definitely shooting up the boards, but for me, it's DeFilippo right now. So you guys answered my question. I have some weird obsession with Lincoln Riley, and I need to get some sort of counseling (laughs) out of that. Thank you very much, and I'm glad that we do this podcast because I probably would have made an oversight on that. Moving to the second bullet point for pregame on tap, who is the one player that you are keying in on outside of Aaron Rodgers today with the Falcons and Packers squaring up on Fox at noon? I think it's going to be – Whoever they put on Julio, you know, whether that's Jair, probably, well, most likely Jair, um, even though Julio was a little hampered this week with an injury. But I still think how our defense and how the corner position specifically um, plays against not only uh, Julio, but also, you know, Mohamed Sanu, who seems to have, seems to light us up occasionally. And then Calvin Ridley, who we have not seen uh, as of yet uh, in this matchup. So, yeah, I think. Jair, but then specifically more, I guess, just more the corner group to see what they do. Tony? Yeah, that's a that's a good one, Jared. I like that. Um, I'm going to go MVS. Um, I think he's, as, as Bryce has put it before, hitting a rookie wall. Uh, and it's been a rookie wall that's been hit for the last few weeks now uh, consistently. I think Aaron's going to have a big game, and I think Devontae will get his. Uh, but I'm very interested to see how MVS can kind of shake this rookie rust and uh, reestablish himself as uh, as that number two that that uh, that Aaron that Aaron needs. I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna go two players. I hope that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going Jake Kumaro. I think uh, if you go back and look at the tape with his one route and catch, um, I forget who was on him, but Jake Kumaro looked incredible. Um, completely had the cornerback guessing. And just the footwork, the precision, the body control um, on that one play. I mean, was what's his nickname? Touchdown Jesus or something like that? I mean, it's it's beautiful. You can walk on water, I think. And in this obsession, it's nothing like Jeff Janis where the guy had blazing speed and that was it. And no body control. This is the exact opposite. So I, as long as Kumaro can stay healthy, it seems like he's kind of has that injury bug that pops up. He jammed his finger uh, earlier in the week and then didn't practice again. So I I hope he can stay healthy. And two, Kendall Donerson. He was a guy that uh, we were really big on in draft prep and hoping that the Packers would draft late. And and sure enough, they did. And he wasn't invited to the the NFL Combine. But if he had been invited, his numbers would have translated into the top overall athletic a linebacker. So I want to see that translate on the field. And there were definitely glimpses in preseason where you saw Donerson wreaking havoc along the edge and him and Fackrell. Oh my God. You then have the craziest duo of outside edge guys in the NFL with Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Moving to my third, as we wrap up pregame on tap, give me your predictions today. Oh, man. Uh, so earlier in the week, I predicted, I think, 24-21 Falcons, actually. But because of the Natrell Jamerson signing uh, and also Kendall Donerson moving up, I'm going to have to flip that to uh, 24-17 uh, Packers win. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout. 
Um, I think both offenses are going to come out playing extremely well. Um, but with Aaron Rodgers under center for us, I think he outdoes Matt Ryan. My how the mighty have fallen only two years ago, these teams in the NFC Championship game. Now they're both uh, subpar, I guess would be the nice way to put it. Um, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think we went at 38-31. Oh, all right. Uh, I have lost every single prediction essentially this year outside of the Bears game, I want to say. So my um, prognostications have been horrible. I am, uh, I'm going to say the Packers come out swinging, and it's going to be 28-21 Packers. But who knows? I am really curious to see what happens today. I think this is a great indicator of the talent that we have and maybe seeing some players take that year one to year two jump. And then um, also seeing uh, what we have in Joe Philbin. But uh, this is a great pregame episode, pregame on tap. I'm Bryce Christensen. Jeremiah Wayman. Tony Schaefer. And this is the Unknown Package Podcast. Doing